Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh. 
Bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our strength, and our Redeemer. This is the day the Lord has made we shall rejoice and be glad in it. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide headquarters here in Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you once again to another edition of Living the Word place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. We do want to appreciate our talk shoe audience. Um, there we have about 800,000 loads. We don't know the viewers, but we see that uh, our talk show audience, talk show audience is picking back up. Um, God bless you, children of God, faces that I will never see, names that I will never know. 
Um, but we do appreciate you along with our Facebook audience, along with our uh, YouTube audience, uh, Tumblr, uh, LinkedIn, so many different sites where we are uh, attempting to get God's word out to the masses. I shared with the Christian Center Church Worldwide where we have hundreds of our ministers and ministries uh, together through Facebook today that something the Lord had placed in my heart in regards to preaching the word in these last and evil days. Now, in spite of our weaknesses, our shortcomings, our lusts, all of that. God says, preach hmm? the word. The word, listen, the word of God does not become corrupt because we have sin in us. The word is still true. Listen, you and I may be the biggest thief in the world. That does not change the word's speaking against stealing. You and I are not sent, like the Apostle Paul told one one group of Christians, we don't preach ourselves. Paul said, I'm not here trying to preach myself. We are here to preach God's word in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our fallings and our shortcomings. We are to preach the word. I encourage the saints today, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. The word, listen, my brother and my sister, the word of God is still true. It is still right. It is still holy. It is still pure, regardless of what you and I do. God's word is right. We may or may not be right. We may or may not be true. But God's word is always right. God's word is always true. And God's word is always the best course of action. Um, We uh, have plans. And for those of you that may be interested, we have plans of having our TCCW along with the pastor and the ministry there in Monrovia, Liberia, uh, for our pastor's conference and leadership training to be held November 9th through the 15th. You that are interested, this would be an excellent opportunity to experience Africa, great continent of Africa. Um, You may send us uh, an email for those that are interested or contact us on uh, the church numbers. Our announcer will uh, share with you all later uh, ways that you can get in contact with us for those that are interested. Children of God, we're going to take a look today at the writings of Solomon. 
David's son with Bathsheba, considered by many as the wisest man apart from Jesus Christ that ever lived. We're going to look at Proverbs, and God says, Robert, that's a prime example. Now, the Lord has interrupted me. Solomon was considered what? Wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus Christ. But yet Solomon had 700 wives. What? 300 concubines and knew full well that was not God's wisdom in operation. Knew full well that was not God's desire. Well, that didn't make his teachings, what? Untrue. That didn't make his wisdom unsound, but that was just a flaw in him as a human being. We all have flaws. Now, if you're waiting for your pastor to become perfect before he or her uh, can share the word of God with you, then nobody's going to be able to share the word of God with you because none of us are perfect. God's word is true in spite of what we do. You might want to get that down and remember that in your walk with the Lord. God's word is what? In spite of what? We do. God's word is true in spite of what we say. God's word is true in spite of what we think. God's word is true. From the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, and verse 1, Solomon writes to us. Do not boast about tomorrow. Do not know what a day. And we're going to work from a theme this morning. A day bring. Let us pray. Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, is us, your little children. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, for so many great and awesome things that you have done to us, through us, and for us. You have blessed us, Father, when we did not deserve to be blessed. You have protected us, Father, when we did not deserve to be protected. You have saved us, Father, when we did not deserve to be saved. We just want to say thank you this morning. We come to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as we search your Holy Scripture, you will open us like a bottle 
of wine. Open us like a can. Open us, Father, that you may bring out of us what you have placed within us. Let no words of flesh be spoken. Speak to us, through us, and for us. Forgive us, Father, of, of ourselves, of our lust of the flesh, of our pride of life, of our lust of the eye. Forgive us, Father, of our anger and malice and evil speaking and doubt and unbelief. All this mess in us, Heavenly Father. Forgive us, Father. We humbly ask, Father, you continue to lead us and continue to guide us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. These and all other blessings, Father, we ask, we count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that God's people around the world say amen, amen, and amen. You do not know what a day may bring. One of the things that we must guard ourselves against in this life and we are all guilty of it from time to time. But we must guard ourselves against taking people, come on, places and things for granted. Sometimes we can take people for granted. We think that because mama has always been there, that mama will what? Always be there. And that's not always the case. Or we think that because daddy has always been there, that daddy will always be there. And that is not always the case. Places. Sometimes we can think that because we are comfortable in a place, you know, and my spirit is going to Chernobyl in Russia. And, you know, the Lord just flashed that in my spirit. There were people living in communities and living and they had their whole lives. And up until they had that accident, then people had to what? They had to get out one of the things. Things, you know, health, wealth. Prosperity, you know, our house, our mind, our mind, one of the saints say, we want to guard against taking people, places, and things for granted because just because it was there for us yesterday, that does not mean that it is going to be there for us today. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. May we not take people. May we not take places. And may we not take things for granted in the name of Jesus. But God says, rather, Robert, 
encourage my people to appreciate. I want to encourage you today, my brother. I want to encourage you today, my sister, appreciate the people that God has placed in your life. They may not be perfect, but you are not what? Perfect. They might not be all that you want them to be. But God says, you are not all that I want you to be. Don't take people. Don't take places and don't take things for granted. Let us give thanks for people. Let us give thanks. Places. Let us give thanks for things. Well, this brings us into our select scripture for today. Solomon writes to us, do not boast about tomorrow. Well, Solomon said that that is one of the biggest mistakes we can make, boasting. You know, tomorrow I'm going to do this. Tomorrow I'm going to do that. Tomorrow I'm going to go here. Tomorrow I'm going to go there. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. Rather, James tells us, and we're going to take a look at that scripture, we should say, the Lord willing, I will do thus, or I will do so. The Lord willing, I will go here. You know, we talked about the conference that is scheduled for Liberia. The Lord willing, we will be in conference. The Lord willing, we will do and say and and be a, the Lord willing, we will go to heaven. The Lord willing. So Solomon, as well as James, who was the half brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they echoed the same spirit. They were thousands of years apart. James was thousands of years his birth was thousands of years after the birth of Solomon. But the spirit of God was saying basically the same thing in the days of Solomon as he was in the days of James. James is New Testament. Solomon was Old Testament. But the spirit is still saying the same thing in some things. Don't boast about tomorrow. What you going to do? Um, you know, and I think back to my days of playing basketball. Um, this was something that many of us had to learn as we got older playing the game of basketball. Because when we were young, 14, 15, up in New Jersey, it was very popular and very commonplace to talk what we call junk. In other words, before you had even played the game, there was a game before the game. Who could talk the most what? Junk, the most trash, one of the saints said. Man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dunk on you. I'm going to post you up. Man, you can't guard me. You can't. And it still goes on. Um, 
you see it in the NBA going on today out of, you know, many of the young men. But the Bible says all such boasting is evil. As Christians, we shouldn't be boasting about what we're going to do and what we're going to have and what we're going to become. And what, no, all such what? Boasting is evil. Now, we're going to take a look at the book of James in a little while so we can see some further and gain further revelation concerning this topic. Do not boast about tomorrow. Do not boast, I'm hearing God say, about the next minute, Robert. We don't have to go all the way to tomorrow. God said, do not boast about the next minute. Now, the Lord is flashing in my spirit. You know, this this stroke that I experienced, one minute I was fine, bench pressing about 225 pounds, running on a treadmill. The next minute I couldn't move the right side of my body. Just like that. So let us not boast about tomorrow. Let us not boast about the future. Look at what the Bible says. For you do not know. Now God said, Robert, in my spirit I'm saying, yes, Lord. God says, I know what a day may bring, but you do not know what a day may bring. Let us not boast, my brother or my sister, because God is sitting back looking at us like, you know, we're talking about, uh, I'm going to do this 2021, uh, you know, 2023, I want to be married, 2000, uh, you know, 25, I want to have a, a job. God is sitting back saying, well, now there's a story in the scripture that talks about a uh, young man who was boasting about how he wanted to build bigger barns and the scripture calls him a, a fool because he didn't know that that very night his life was going to be required. So, you know, let us thank God for the days he has given us. Thank God for today. And when it comes down to the future, let us say, the Lord willing. You know, those of you, many of you that know me, you hear me say that a lot. The Lord, you know, dealt with me on these scriptures many years ago. When we're talking about the future and talking about our plans and talking about where we want to go and what we want, to, the Lord willing. The Lord willing. We do not know what a day may bring. Good or bad, right or we don't know. You know, uh, I knew that as a nation here in the United States that, you know, because, you know, it, God deals with us as a father deals with what? Children. We are his little children. Now, you know, I had one of my daughters say something to me one time. And we both kind of laughed at it. But uh, they went to high school. And, you know, when, a lot of times when young people are in high school, 
they start kind of feeling like they can be more independent, do more of what they want to do, regardless of what their parents say. And one of their, I don't even want to say friends, because it's not a friend that would, would make this kind of suggestion to you. But one individual they knew was trying to get them to come and do something with them. And it was getting late. One of my daughters said, no, it's, it's too late. This is beyond the time. And this individual that they were interacting with would say, well, why don't you sneak out of the house and come on? And the daughter said to them, you must don't know my father. And she told me that, and, and I bust out left. We both bust out left. You said, you don't, you don't know my father. Now, I don't know what kind of father you may have on that, what kind of father you may be dealing with, but my father, he's not going for that. That will, that'll end in a beating or consequences. And you don't, you, you must don't know my father. Well, a lot of times the world and the reality is the world don't know. Come on, somebody. The world don't know our father. When we started years ago talking about gays and homosexual and, and, and can do this and do that and make it, I knew God was going to get us. Just like a child ought to know when daddy is, I knew as a young man when daddy was going to get me. I do some craziness in school or some craziness in the community and the police had to bring me home. I'd already be shaking my head. This is a beating right here. Nobody need to tell me. I don't need a committee. I don't need anybody. This is a beating right here. See? Well, see, what we what we need to understand, if we know that it's a beating for doing for getting caught doing a certain thing, then we ought to know that that is the thing. What? That we shouldn't be doing. Now, I had sense enough to know when I got caught by the police for breaking this woman's pool or breaking in people's house that once they got me and took me home and, and my father found out I knew that was a beating. Well, I should have taken that knowledge a step further and said, I don't need to be breaking in this woman's pool because it, first of all, is wrong. And if I get caught and taken home to daddy, I'm going to get a beating. So, so. You know, what we should have done as a nation. Because I knew a beating was going to come. I didn't know exactly. Now, one bishop that had invited us down to Kampala, and you can see it on the Internet. In 2017, he prophesied. I mean, and look at it today, you would think he was he was living in 2020. He prophesied about a thousand, two thousand people that God had showed him that in around the end of 2019, uh, 2020, that an airborne disease was going to come and it was going to kill many people around the world. What he was talking about was this corona plague. Surely the sovereign Lord, Bible says, does nothing without first revealing his plans to his servants' prophets. Now, I knew God was going to get us. I didn't know how. I didn't know what. I knew God was going to get us. Now, the tragedy, God is speaking in my spirit. God said, Robert, the tragedy is not 
me having to chasing you all. That's not the greatest tragedy. And in my spirit, I'm like, Lord, well, what is the greatest tragedy? God said the greatest tragedy is if you all don't learn from it and change. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and what? Turn. God is calling for this great country, this humanity, this dispensation to turn from our wicked way. Don't keep right on trying to persist in wickedness. If you see daddy has had to beat you for breaking in the swimming pool, on a Saturday night, don't make up in your mind that next week I'm going to break in the swimming pool Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night too. If you see that daddy is beating you for that, is daddy is chastening you or punishing you from that, then turn. God wants us to turn. God is calling for humanity to turn. Look, look at what the Bible, go to Second Chronicles. Watch this. Go to Second Chronicles. Some of you all listening, you need to see. So you can understand exactly why. Exactly why. Second Chronicles should be chapter seven. need to see this. All right, now, this is after Solomon, same Solomon, same Solomon has, uh, he finished building the temple of the Lord. Go back to verse 11, 2 Chronicles 7 and 11. Now, watch this. This was written thousands of years ago, but it's talking about the events we are experiencing today says, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, now Solomon has just built a magnificent temple for the Lord. You know, the people were praising God for what he was doing, different things, but, but in essence, God was saying, I know you all going to do something. What? Crazy. God said, I'll, I'll, look, God said, I know everything. I already know you all, human beings, going to do something crazy. I know you're praising me now. I know you're worshiping. I know you're giving me glory. You're giving me thanks, this magnificent temple. But God is sitting back saying, I'm, see I'm, I'm seeing you now, but I'm also seeing your what? Future. Listen to me, my brother and my sister. I don't know where you are, who you are, and what you into. God sees your and my past, present, and future all at the same time. So everybody's rejoicing. Great temple has been built. But God said, everybody's rejoicing at a very pleasant, wonderful present. But God is not only seeing the pleasant and wonderful present, God is also seeing the terrible, terrible future. Look at what the Bible says. 
the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said, I've heard your prayer. And I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. God said, I say, I, I, okay, I'll accept your sacrifices. I'll accept this temple you have built me. Okay, okay. But watch this. God is still sitting back saying, I know you're going to do something crazy. Watch what the Bible says. When I shut up the heavens. Now, why does God have to shut up the heavens? Why has God got to stop the crops from growing? Why has God got that sin locust upon the land? Why has God got to cause the Nile to turn into blood? Because people do something what? Crazy. I, I, I wish this craziness was not in us. God said, I have heard, I've heard, but when I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain or I command locusts to devour the land or I send a what? When I send a what? When I send a what? Plague, which is just a mysterious sickness. That's why I do not call Corona, Corona virus or COVID-19. I call it what the Lord has placed in my spirit. It is a plague on humanity for our disobedience, for our Rebellion. When I send a plague among who? My people. Gosh, I'm sending them, sending right among my people. You and I are living in the midst of one of God's end time what? Plagues. It's crazy for us not to discern. What is going on? What is really going on in humanity? It's foolish for us to just think this is a sickness. It would have been foolish in Moses' day for you to just think the whole Nile done turn into blood and you thinking that it's just some clay, dirt, or atmospheric condition. It was a plague. Corona is not just some little virus. It is a plague. Locusts all over, and it is a plague. God said, when I had to do something like this to hurt you, and God said, Robert, I have to hurt you because you have hurt me. See, a lot of times we can we can see when somebody has hurt us, but we don't have a clue when we have hurt others. When we sin, when we're rebellious, when we're disobedient, we hurt God's feelings. So God, in response to us hurting him, sent a plague, sent some locusts, sent a war, sent what else? What, what is another, give me something else that God had to do. What did it say? Shut up heavens and stop the rain from coming. God do something to hurt us. Hurricanes, floods, wildfire. God say, you hurt me. Deal with that. See, we want to cry out when God has hurt us. But God said, deal with the reality that you have hurt me. 
See, because if we stop hurting God, God say, I'll stop hurting you. I remember one time, man, the Lord was flashing my spirit. One of my co-workers, love him deep. He knows who he is because he's going to remember this instance. Short, one of my assistant coaches. He was very short, but he was tough. You know, but he was just too short. And we were coaching at one of the local basketball camps. And the head of the basketball camp, good friend of mine, he was my coach in junior college. He wanted to see a one-on-one -on -one between this co-worker of mine, assistant coach of mine, and me. And I was saying, no, I don't, I don't want to do that because I know how this thing going to turn. No, I said, I, I know I don't want to. Ah, he just kept pushing. Come on, baby. I don't want to see you play. Now let me see. Kept pushing. Even my co-worker was like, come on. Come on, B, what you, I'm like, nah, I don't want to, no, let's leave, let's, let's, you know, let's, do, nah, I'm saying no, 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 but they kept pressure, kept pressure, both of them, both of them, ah, what's the matter, ah, so we get out there to play one-on-one, -on -one. I knew my co-worker, he was tough, he was strong, you know, he, I, I loved that about him, but he was just too little. So I said, well, I'm going to immediately take him down on the block. Too little. I'm not going to be out here shooting jumpers and running around. You know, if I was playing against a seven-footer, then that would be my game. But you, a five-footer, you're going under the basket. Well, he didn't want to go for that. So he starts hitting me in the back. Bam! Just as hard as he can, trying to keep me. And I'm trying to back him down. And he's hitting me. Bow! I mean, serious blows. Serious blows. Ah, oh, no, you're not going to post me up. So I get tired of it. And I haul off. When I make my move to go up, I get under the basket. And I haul off with it. And I can't even hardly move this arm now. And haul off with an elbow. Bow! Right in the top of his head. Bow! Like to split his head open. He grabbed his head with both his hands. I shot the lawyer. He said, I, I don't want to play anymore. I said, okay, that way. <laughs> now, he said, B, why you hit me in the head with his elbow? I said, I said, my brother, do you realize how many times you hit me in the small of my back with your elbow while I was trying to post up? But B, you hit me in my head with it. Yeah, but you hit me repeatedly with your elbow in the small of my back. What are you saying, Apostle Brian? He was able to see what? How I had hurt him. But he had no idea, no concept. Why? Because he wasn't feeling how he was hurting me. May you and I feel how we are hurting God. So that we don't have to be hurt by God. Let us feel some of what we are giving to God. Let us feel a little bit of it. So, so maybe that will help stop us from going further. A lot of times people have to feel what they're doing. Those of you that want to contribute uh, sparingly to the ministry, when God bring that back in your life, I know what happened when, when, when God bring that back in your life. A lot of times 
A lot of times my phone will start ringing. People be asking for prayers all around the world. I'll be like, whoa, 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 why? My apostle, I lost my job. They, they cut my pay in, in half. They were, and I'm sitting back saying, not, not, is this the same one that wanted to give sparingly or didn't want to give the ministry or didn't want to give to your church? But now, now that you feeling it, now you brought just like my, my, my coworker. You want to complain. If you realize what you were doing and how it was making God feel and making God's people feel, Lord, let us feel a little bit of what you feel so that we can change our what behavior early rather than late. See, in the early church, God would let people feel things. Immediately, a lot of times, Ananias and Sapphira, as soon as they tried that foolishness, God killed them. Well, today, since a lot of times God don't kill people immediately, people be emboldened to try it again. All right, you done, you done, you done done it one time. You didn't die, or you didn't lose your job, or you didn't get sick, or you didn't. Now you start feeling like, let me try it. What? Again, there's a passage, Solomon again, in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. I don't know which one it is. It says, when the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, the hearts of the people are filled with schemes to do wrong. In other words, when you don't get people quick for doing something crazy, they start feeling like, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to do it again. What do you think would happen if God had not killed Ananias and Sapphira immediately? What do you think they would have started thinking? Next time. Next week, let me take another portion of the money. Then if God don't kill us then, let us try to take another portion. Of, let us take another. And then the, the hearts of the people are filled with schemes to do wrong. But because God killed them immediately, others who saw it and heard about it, man, Let's not play with this. Let's not be trying to take out a portion of the money. Let, 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 hey, let's do what we said we were going to do. Now, here you go back to my, my co-worker. Now, all the blows that he was hitting me in the small of my back with, trying to keep me from posting up, now, if I were to hold off and hit him with elbow right in the top of his head, once he threw the first blow, see, then it might would have been a fight. Or he might have stopped doing that. But he kept hitting me with the elbow. Bam, 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 until finally he got hit right in. I remember it sounded like a gun, gun went off. Caught him right with a right elbow. He called it an elbow. He said, B, you hit me with an elbow. I said, do you realize how many times you hit me in the small of your back, in the small of my back with, with your elbow while I was trying to post up? All right, let us go on. So God said, when I shut up heaven, so that's one thing God said I'll do when you're doing something crazy. Be no rain. God said, oh, oh, I command the locusts. I, God said, I'll be talking to the locust king, Robert. I'll be like, Lord, 
Well, see, yeah, I talk to locals. Now we talk about Doctor Do what? Little, what was he able to do? Talk to the animals. God is able. Come on, somebody, to talk to the animals. God said, I can talk to fish, Robert. I can talk to insects. God said, Robert, I can talk to viruses. I can talk to bacteria. God said, I can talk to anything. Why? Because I made it. In my spirit, I'm like, why? Lord, Lord said, because I made it. I'm the creator of all things. God said, look at what the Bible says. When I shut up heaven so that there's no rain or command. That means God is talking to the locusts. God said, when I command locusts to divide the land, God said, I'm the one told locusts. You wonder why they're eating up East Africa? Many countries in East Africa, many, God said, I'm talking to them. That's why. I command the locusts, Robert, to devour the land. I'm the one that sent plague, Robert. God said, Robert, how you think plague going to get in humanity if I don't send it? God said, I, God said, for those of you that are wondering where these plagues, whether it be Ebola, whether it be uh, Corona, whether it be what else? What else? Uh, God said, I sent them. When I sent a plague among my people, now God said, it's not so much what the doctors are allowed to do and the scientists are allowed to do. God said, this is what I want to see happen if my people. Now, the question is, who is God's people? I'm asking you all, who is God's people? Everybody. Everybody. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and those who what live in it. So that means saved and unsaved, righteous and wicked. My people, when God say my people, everybody's God's people. Everybody's God's creation. So what God wants out of humanity we're all a member of the same race. You know, in the United States, blacks are having problems with whites. And, you know, different countries I've been in, one tribe of blacks in Africa is having another fight with another tribe of blacks. I've been in Asia, one good. And we all a member of the same race. And I'm not talking about black. I'm not talking about white. I'm not talking about Asian. I'm not talking about Hispanic. We are all a member of the human race. We are all God's people. Now, we may not all be God's children, but we're God's people. You still belong to God. You still going, your knee is still going to bow and your tongue is still going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God said, even before I send some people to hell, they gonna, what they're going to do is acknowledge that. They're going to confess that. They're going to bow to that reality, Robert. Now, I didn't say everybody going to heaven. But I say everybody, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God said, I didn't say everybody was going to heaven. God said, I didn't say everybody coming up here, Robert, spend eternity with me. No, but everybody going to acknowledge, even, even people that get sent to hell, burn for millions of years before they go, who say it? Say it, and they're going to have to open their mouth 
bow, bow, and they're going to have to get down. Let me wrap this up now. It's time to go. So, my people, everybody is God's. He's the creator of all things. The preserver of light and light. So, if my people who are called by my name, now, that's the first thing God wants you to do. You're already his people. But are you called by his name? Are you naming the name of Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You might be his people. If they'll humble themselves. So what does God want out of humanity? He wants us to humble ourselves. He wants us to humble ourselves. God said, I don't have to do all this terrible stuff to you all, Robert. If you all humble yourselves, when have you ever had to beat a son or beat a daughter for doing the right thing, for doing like you tell them? I'm, in my spirit, I'm like, never love. When do you have to beat your son or your daughter when they have done what I didn't tell them or they have not done what I told them? Well, God said, that's why I had to do these things to you all. When you're not doing what I'm telling you. God says, if you humble yourself, if you pray, if you seek my face, if you turn from your wicked ways, God says, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive the sin. Whatever you have done that upset me, God said, I'll forgive that. I'll, I'll put that in the sea of forgetfulness. And I will heal your what? Land. We need a healing of the land today. Corona plague is ravaging the land. I can't even go to Ghana. I was planning to go to Ghana. Some of our team members down there, my bishop had to contact me. I said, said Daddy, say, I think you need to go straight to Liberia. I was going to go hit Ghana, hit a crusade in uh, Otupu, Nigeria, with one of our bishops there, then hit our... Uh, conferences in Liberia. My bishop in Ghana said, Daddy, you may need to go straight to Liberia because uh, here in Ghana, you'll be quarantined for 14 days. If you guys said, ah, I said, you, say, you sure about that? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Our land needs to be healed. And the only one that can heal our land, it's not the doctors, not the scientists, not the wise man, God. And God will heal our land if we will turn. If we will turn. So, all right, saints, come on, because we, we, we're out of time. So, we don't want to boast because we don't know what the day may bring. Let's look at the last scripture in James chapter 4 briefly. Then we're going to close out.
All right, we're going to go James chapter 4. Let's look at verses 13. We'll get a couple of scriptures here. Holding with our theme. What is our theme today? You don't know what. You and I don't know what a day may bring. Listen at James, thousands of years later. He said, now listen. Verse 13. You who say today or tomorrow, we're going to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even, here we are again, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist. You appear for a little while and then you vanish. Instead, now instead of you and me boasting about what we're going to do and where we're going to go and how long are we going to be there? Instead of us boasting, let's get in the habit of saying what? If it's the Lord's will or the Lord willing. The Lord willing, I will get this new job. The Lord willing, I will marry this wife. The Lord willing, I will meet you at the grocery store. Any future event that you are planning to do, get in the habit of saying what? Lord willing. Lord willing. Lord willing. If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, now we're going to close out here. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. It's boasting. It's arrogant to say we're going to do this or we're going to do that, leaving out God and leaving out uh, asking if it's if the Lord is willing. It's boasting. It's evil. God sees that it is evil. Now we can see the one that commit adultery, or we can see the one that fornicate, or we can see the one that lie, cheat, or steal. We can see all that kind of thing. But we, some of us, cannot. Just like my coworker, he can see when I hit him in the top of his head with it with an elbow. He can see that, but he couldn't see. All them blows he was hitting me in the lower part of my back. If it's the Lord's will. James said, as it is. James said, the way it's going right now, the way things are rolling right now, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting, all such talking about what you're going to do and what you're going to have and where you're going to be without saying the Lord's will is what? It's what? It's what? Evil. No one knows then. Anyone who knows the good they ought to do. Any good that we know we ought to do and we don't do it, you know what you're supposed to give to the church and we don't give it, it's evil. No matter if it's a tithe or whether it's 98%. If you know what you're supposed to give and you don't give it, it's evil. If you know what you're supposed to do for your husband or know what you're supposed to do for your wife or know what you're supposed to do for your son or your daughter or know what you're supposed to do for your enemies or your friend, and we don't do it, it is evil. The Lord had to deal with me last night. You know, one of one of the tenants one of our houses, you know, the day was a the day they were supposed to have some money. And, you know, 
they didn't have all the money and what was in my mind was put them out and do this and do that. And the Lord said the parable of the unmerciful servant. Now, now, now for those of you, I got probably, I don't know, $200,000 in hospital bills behind this stroke, right? Or more. It was 57000 to ride the helicopter. How much? How much was it? 9,000 ride a helicopter from here to green. I mean, just uh, I give praise. I give glory to God first and foremost. I give praise. I give you give a degree of glory to the doctors and the surgeons and different ones who basically saved my life as I almost killed my own self. Well, I have a very extensive doctor's bill. I know I don't have the money. Right now, I try to pay a little bit here and a little bit there. Uh, and basically, they have, you know, no one's pressuring me. Now, here, this tenant of mine owed me about a couple hundred dollars. And I'm getting ready and preparing, put them out, preparing, put them Lord said, uh-uh. Lord said, take what they have. And then it even touched my heart, you know, give back a portion of that. I'm like, Lord, listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, we have been shown mercy by those over us. God said, Robert, now you what? Show mercy to those under you. When we know the good that we ought to do. My prayer for you, my prayer for me. Maybe we, I'm not praying that you do the good that, that you don't know or that I do the good that we don't know. My prayer for you and my prayer for me is that we do the good that we we know. That we know. Praise the living God. May we be a blessing. You know, we can't help everybody. But the ones that God is directing you to, you know. I know this ministry is not for everybody, but the ones that God has directed you be a part of and be a help to, let us get busy with the instructions that God give us because we will not be held accountable for instructions that God has not what given us, but we will be held accountable for the instructions that God is giving us. Give us two selections.
only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.